0: Hello, happy Valentine's Day, and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Corin,
1: and I'm Dr. Dave Lundquist.
0: And appropriately, because today is a day that we celebrate love, uh, let's talk a bit about relationships.
1: You, this can go, and there's so many different relationships in your life, relationships with your spouse, relationships with your children, relationships with your animals, relationships with uh, other healthcare providers in your, in your area. There are so many relationships in your life and how they go depends on how you structure them and the rules you set up that you communicate with each other.
0: This is true. And, uh, you know, some of us have the best relationships with our four-leggeds. You know, dog is the best friend. Man, woman, non-binary, what difference does it make? Animals can be a forefront in our ability to practice relationship and learn about relationships. One thing we have learned in studying the art of relationship is that horses can mirror the humans in their lives so well that you can know what kind of day you're having by how a horse reacts to you. Yeah, yeah
1: I, I think uh, a reason I, I started thinking about this topic was because I I've, recently I've dealt with some people that have, have gotten horses that they said were difficult horses or dangerous horses. I've even had clients say that they told me to put this animal down because it was too dangerous. But something with the, the, between that horse and that person just gelled. They just clicked. They just worked. And, and, and one thing I've learned is horses definitely teach you patience. Uh, which is something I guess is a lesson I really needed in my life. So I got a horse that started off difficult and it took time to build that relationship. In fact, I found that the the relationship didn't get really strong until we moved our horse home because then I really acted to spend time with him and... Really get to develop and understand who he is, and I guess he understands who I am. And I see that with other clients where they get these really difficult horses, and when you go to work with them, they are difficult. I mean, I have a difficult time with them on the ground. Uh, they refuse to turn their heads. They, you know, because I don't have that relationship. But it's amazing that. I'll have trainers tell me, yes, that horse is really difficult and can be really dangerous except for that owner. That owner can get with that horse, and that horse will do anything that owner asks.
0: And when we're working with animals, one of the things that I've had to confront with myself is the desire to win. And I want to be alpha, and I want to win, and they will humble you. 13-year-old pug dogs will bite you <laughs> if they do not respect the relationship parameters that you've set. And it is it is humbling, and it often depends on what's your outcome. What's What do you desire in the relationship with... Anyone, and, and this is an Equiline podcast, so let's talk horses and dogs. What's the outcome you want? So many of us rescue uh, dogs. We, we have three rescue dogs and a, two rescue horses. And we, I would consider, I'm a rescue human. Dave rescued me for sure. Uh, and when we desire the relationship to make both of us feel better. To make your dog feel better and allow that dog to make you feel better. To let the horse feel better and allow that horse to make you feel better. That's relationship. Not, I said so, why? Because I said so. And um, I've had broken bones from attempting that relationship. (laughs) And blood, and blood, try that with a cat. (laughs) <laughs> oh, do this because I said so. And, you know, there will be blood tonight. You will sit in my lap. <laughs> yes, yes. And you'll shred it. So, so, how do you establish a relationship?
1: Yeah, and, and establishing relationships, being able to find out what works for both of you. You know, that relationship is where you find that common ground, you find the things that you like, and you share them together. And differences make it interesting. But that relationship where you find where you can both be on the same plane where you can both relax together or be tense together you breathe together there's unconscious things you can do what we call unconscious things things that other people wouldn't think about but and breath is one of them and if you've got a difficult animal just take just stop for a minute and just breathe with it and get into that motion and because that talks to that person.
0: Well, we find that when the we study the most successful human-equine-human-canine relationships, unconsciously, those creatures are breathing in the same pattern. You'll notice it if you learn to take in that information. That whether this human is working with a dog on an agility course or nose work or anything, that relationship becomes one where they're synchronized. And therefore, the micro-movements you make because you're thinking it and acting it, that animal picks up on. How does a established equestrian perform, whether it's dressage or in their honey ring, or their jumping Grand Prix, the micro-movements they make mean that they and their animal are synchronized at a level where communication is instantaneous. And if that doesn't define relationship, I don't know what does.
1: Yeah, because it becomes a part of you. And that's the closest relationship you can get where you know, If it was a spouse, you finish each other's sentences because you are so much on the same wavelength. And that happens with your animals. You get on the same wavelength with them. You can just think something and look at your dog and they're all looking at you going, okay, I got it, let's go.
0: To, to follow up, when Dave was talking about with difficult animals, we work with Danny and Ron so much and the thousands of dogs they've rescued that have been tossed to the curb and worse. And they're able to bring them back by loving them the way they want to be loved. And that doesn't mean treats necessarily. And that doesn't mean petting them necessarily. It means being open enough to understand the cues they're giving and react in kind. And it's so incredibly rewarding. And and i most of you out there listening know what it feels like to be accepted by an animal. And when that dog walks in the room and likes you best, could be one of the top feelings ever. And what is it that you can do to improve these relationships? Yeah. That's
1: that's Rudy's job. That's what Rudy does. Ru- yes. Rudy moves in on everybody and makes everyone feel extra special. When they show up. And that's what it's like having a, an animal. And here's a rescue dog that was found on the street. Obviously, he was given up, given away, ran away for whatever reason. And now he's just the perfect lover because he's in a loving relationship home. And he doesn't feel threatened. And I think that's the, the biggest thing I walk into when some, with some horses. I walk in and I go to raise my hand up and you see their head jump back. You know, you know when they get that head shy... Someone's mishandled them. Someone's not been nice to them for a period of time. And so they begin to fear that. You know, a, horse is, a horse is a prey animal. And so they, they're fight or flight. And how they react to you is how they protect themselves, how they survive. And... The better relationship you build with them, you can get away with doing things. With my horse, uh, when I first got him, if you were ever on his back and tried to take your sweater off, you, you would find yourself laying on the ground because he didn't like anything over his head, and he didn't like anything waving over his head. So if your arms got up over your head, that was it. He couldn't take it. It took a long time for him to build trust. And we got him when he was 18 months old, but, so he couldn't have that much of a hard life but hard enough that he didn't trust humans that much.
0: It only takes one trauma to create an imprint that can take weeks, months, or years to erase. And as Dave said, animals will teach us patience. Absolutely, if we're willing to do whatever it takes. And one thing that we have found that stubborn human versus stubborn horse dog does not create the best relationship. So without giving in and accepting unwanted behavior, you have to change your input in order to change your output. And we talk about that with healing, and we talk about that in every level of the therapy we give, whether it's adjusting or using um, auxiliary therapies. In relationship, if I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times. Well, perhaps if you've said it a thousand times and didn't get a different reaction or the reaction you wanted, perhaps you could tell or ask or say things in another way. So if the methodology you're using to create relationship is what you want, but not what your horse or dog or cat or human can respond to you may want to say to yourself hmm perhaps if i change the input i will then change the output perhaps if i push rather than pull perhaps if i invite rather than tell and we see this with horses all the time and you've heard our lectures on can't versus won't you know Often, if what you're trying to do in a relationship is win, you're going to get resistance. And when you are looking to invite someone, horse, dog, human, cat, to participate with you, you may get a a reaction that's more to your liking.
1: And basically, the bottom line is, take responsibility for your communication. And you'll probably spend a lifetime Doing this because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: yes, and, yeah. and we got a uh, yeah. Acknowledge we got acknowledge right? Wolf in the background. I love it.
1: When you start taking responsibility for your communication, you'll start changing the way you communicate with people based on the moment, based on the stresses that you're going through at the time, based on the stresses they're going through at the time. Things change. Let's face it. Things change, whether we want to them or not. Things move, things progress, things change. And taking responsibility for your communication will help you move in the direction you want to go.
0: Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, and we know that when you bring anyone into a new situation, often their ability to communicate and relate to you diminishes. It's like... Okay, I'm now in survival mode, so I can't take in more information. So if you give more commands or give more aids or ask more questions, you are less likely to get positive reinforcement for your behavior. So as you notice what environment you're in, and I've been there 16 times and now it's familiar, so now I can add To what I'm requesting from this relationship. It's simple, not easy. We've been working on this for uh, a billion years, and we're still looking for improvement. And we often, with our horses, with our dogs, and with our humans, fall back into old patterns because they're, they're patterns. They're there. They're default mechanisms. And taking a step back and breathing and going, okay kicking him harder isn't working yanking on his mouth isn't hurting snapping the leash isn't working stop take a breath how can i change my input to change my output yeah.
1: and and a lot of the responses you'll get will depend on the the stress and environment that the other human or animal was going through at the time and uh, we've been in barns where animals where horses next to each other aren't getting along and that can be a really difficult thing because now you're going to try to deal with a horse that's upset because it doesn't like its neighbor and the only way to change that is to find a way to move move horses around
0: I had this yesterday when I was uh, working on a horse that is challenging to work on. He likes to move out of the way. He likes to use the entire stall rather than stand still. His avoidance behavior is masterful. And I was on a schedule. So I requested that instead of doing him where we always do, him, let's take him out of the stall and put him in the wash stall, environment he hadn't been in. And he was perfect. He stood still. When I went to use the laser on his foot, he handed me his foot and he stood still for three minutes. And I was like, wow, I I fascinated myself by having what I was hoping would make it better make it spectacularly better. And if it hadn't worked, would have done something else. And all you can be is more flexible. All you can be is open to possibilities. You know, I already knew that when I go into a stall, I get threatened by this horse. Let's see what happens if I give him a different chance. Same thing when people bring in dogs and they'll say, should I muzzle him? Like, let me see how this animal reacts to me. I am 100% about safety. And if he expects something unpleasant to happen because you're pre-muzzling him without a known aggressive issue. And in my personal experience, we haven't had to muzzle any of the ones that there was fear we'd need to because once I was able to say, hi, how's it going? Let me make you comfortable. The trust went up so quickly that it was uh, very rewarding.
1: And so that is with humans and animals. It's trust. It really comes down to trust. That relationship comes down to trust. An animal has to trust you. And if I walk into a stall, I don't expect that horse to trust me right off the bat. I mean, that animal has to get to know me a little bit. And I always walk up and I put my hands in front of their nose and let them smell my hands because they're going to smell horse because I've been around a lot of them or they're going to smell a dog. I uh, mean, they might smell lunch once in a while, very once in a while, but yeah. uh, uh, that's where that relationship starts. You know, that's where you have to build that trust. And, and you can't get upset when an animal doesn't trust you right off the bat. Why should they? Who are you? You know, why should they trust you? you don't. And you don't walk in giving them treats because then they just start molesting your pockets trying to find another <laughs> one. And that doesn't work. Uh, so you've got to build that relationship in it. You got to take the time. I mean, when we brought, I think the biggest thing that was a huge change for us was the amount of time. Now we get to spend with our horses because we see them in the morning. We see them at the, we see them in the day. We get to ride them. Well, sometimes we get to ride them more, maybe not right now, but we get a bigger, better relationship with them and their environment changed. I mean, they were in a the barn they came to before they came here was a beautiful barn, and they were a loving environment, and they were very well loved and very well taken care of. They didn't always get to be really good horses. They were always separated. They weren't. They uh, they were always separated by a stall wall, or they were always separated by a fence, and they didn't get much turnout time together. And now they get turned out almost all day together, and it's definitely changed their behaviors because they're more relaxed.
0: And if it works, you do it. We know there are horses that can't be turned out with others because the risk is too high. And if our horses were show horses, uh, it would be difficult because they like to chew on each other's manes and it makes them less pretty. So it depends on the outcome you want. As we started out saying, in any relationship, in your relationship with your companion or your competitor, what is the outcome you want and what are you willing to do to make it so? We appreciate you being in relationship with us and listening. And as always, if there's anything you want to hear about or if you'd like to be a guest and share, please contact us at info at because we are very happy to hear from you. And we'd love to wish you a happy, healthy, and fulfilling day today and all of the rest of your days.
1: This is Dr. Dave Lundquist.
0: This is Dr. Wendy Corrin, and this has been an Equiline podcast.